Hello, everybody, and welcome to If You Happen, You Know It with me, uh, Ricky Grover. And How are no, you? Ricky you're not Ricky Grover. Grover. You're, you're Miles. I've got it wrong again, haven't I? No, it's all right. Go on, start again. Start again. again. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to If You Happen, You Know It with me, Miles Chapman, Ricky Grover, and Sam Underwood. And we have a very, very special guest with us today. We have the lovely, delightful Denise Welsh, everyone. Yay! 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 <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Denise, honestly. You're welcome. Bless your heart Thank for coming on. Thank you for having on. me. So, uh, I guess um, first thing I want to ask you is, uh, you you have said in the papers before, and you've written a, a wonderful book which I have read, uh, that you started struggling after the birth of your son. Is that yeah, correct? I did. Yeah. So Matty was um, thirty in April. Okay. So it's thirty years. Right. So um, I had had no um, history of psychiatric illness at all. So that was a question I was going to ask you. Just yeah. sorry to jump in, but no, nothing please. at all until not one day of it. Right. And. It was interesting when it happened, and I eventually started talking about it um, because people... Right, okay, so I hadn't had any issues with psychiatric illness. Mm -hmm. I used to use the word depressed, like the people who don't understand use the word depressed. And I'm not, you know, I understand why they use it. Um, If I was emotionally upset about something, I was depressed. If I didn't get a job, I was depressed. I know Mm. now I wasn't, but that was the nearest that I, that I, I I knew to it. And um, basically, I could take up the whole podcast by saying how it came on. But because that, you know, I I had this baby, and he was a very healthy baby when he came out. I had a forty-two hour labour because he was probably in there writing music and having a joint or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a long, yeah. like whoa, long. <laughs> A long, long labour. Anyway, out he came, and for the first five days, everything was fine. To, to be honest, um, he I was told that in the ward, I was the one mum that didn't pull the cord. You know, I was a really unanxious mother. Off I went. Anyway, um, I took him home on the fifth day after having him. And I can remember, I'd lived in North London for, for years, mm-hmm. and we were driving through Finchley, And all I can remember was um, I got this feeling of um, unreality, as if it was like a dream sequence. Mm -hmm. I got home. I had the baby blues that a lot of people umbrella postnatal depression under, which was being incredibly emotional, that every time I opened a card that said, congratulations, I was like that. (laughs) But I knew that these were normal hormonal patterns that would happen. Anyway, I had him on the Saturday. On the Thursday night, I um, had... My first ever panic attack, which was not based on anything. My child didn't cry any more than any other child. But every time, the uh, uh, all I can remember explaining my panic attack to those who don't know. I know you guys do, but Mm -hmm. to to those who don't know, was as if you're gonna you're gonna hit an articulated lorry and your heart is racing. You pull over, you don't hit the lorry, and you calm down. It was like that, never going away. The fear and the panic attack was so strong that it completely stopped the lactation process. So. I went to bed with Jane Mansfield's boobs and woke up with nothing at all. And according and to overnight, the, overnight, wow! And literally, Bloody the whole hell. lactation process stopped. And when my incredibly unhelpful, horrible midwife, um, and I know there are wonderful ones, including my mm. niece who's training, but it's how important a good midwife is to to a, yeah. a, you know to to a new mum. She said, "Oh." That's very unusual. She said that normally only happens if a spouse or a parent or indeed the child dies. Um, that was that was it. And um, oh, it was thanks. so horrendous. <laughs> yeah. I went out and got the bottles. Oh, you just made it worse. And, oh, well no, done. It was really awful. Anyway, my mum and dad came down. I just remember feeling this is not how I always dreamt of feeling when my parents came to see their first mm-hmm. grandchild. It was it was a, a really weird feeling. I took the child out, but took my the baby out, Matty out, 
for, for its first for his it for his first <laughs> walk on the Saturday. It was the day of Hillsborough. It was April. Whoa. Um, 89. 8, 9, 10, 25th. 11, 12, 13, 14, April 15th, 1989. It was, that's exactly yeah. when it was. I went into a newsagent's um, on the way back from this cup. That's right. We had a cup of tea in Crouch End. And I said to mum, I just feel really weird. I feel like it's a dream sequence as if everything's happening around me. And my mum said, you don't feel depressed, do you? And I said, no, I don't feel depressed. I just feel odd. Went in a newsagent, bought some milk, heard about the disaster. Half a mile later, I remember completely lucidly saying to mum, um, uh, mum said something about the disaster to me and I, she said about how many people lost their lives and I said, mum, that was a dream that I had. I got in, there was two friends of mine there and I just remember this blackness starting from my toes upwards like a complete blanket and within 30 seconds um, it was there mm. and the colour went from my life and my life changed yeah. from that moment. Oh, don't that... That's and my, um, two things you've said there that really God with me is the, the colour went from my life. I remember years... Colour and joy. Yeah, yeah. and I remember years mm. ago um, being with a therapist and talking about dreams and feelings, and he asked me what colour they was. And all the horrible stuff was black and white, and all the nicer all the stuff nice was thing. in colour. And I remember him saying to me, it was NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, at this particular therapist, and I remember him making all the stuff that was black and white in colour and changing the speed and, and, and them feelings about, I thought, I've cracked it. Yeah. I've cracked it. You know, how many times have we Do you think fought? that you've got better? Oh, oh this is then, it. boom. This is it. It's I, when you accept you're not going to get better, it's easier <laughs> no, to no, deal no. with, and isn't it? It's easier to deal with. It is. And mm. I was going to say... Yeah. Very, very much like so. And also, the other thing that I really connected with, with you is when you said the disconnected feeling. Oh. When you feel like you're watching... You're not part I had a breakdown and you're watching two months ago. Yeah. Well, it was a, a, an epi- bad episode, the first one I'd had in 18 I months. I saw your video and you came through the other side. Yeah, yeah, I did. I took a week off the show I was I, I was doing, but it started with the disconnect. Yeah. And I just, it was horrendously frightening because yeah. I was on stage yeah. and the words were coming out of my, my mouth. Oh, but yeah. It was... De- um, derealisation. Derealisation. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. the start. You know, my then husband, Tim, who's still my friend, the boys, mm-hmm. both my boys' dad, he'd gone out to play golf with my dad and came back and the medics were around my bed and I was hospitalised and mm. and it was um, I was apparently on the verge of a puerperal psychosis which is where you lose complete sanity for a while yeah um, but I can sort I remember it was interesting because Tim bless him was doing two jobs at the, at the time trying to deal with me luckily my mum and dad were amazing having a supportive family save mine and Matty's mm-hmm. life I would honestly say because I can't imagine people not saying to me you will get better and feeling like that and um, Tim was doing I don't know if you remember because I don't know if you're as ancient as I am but Tim was filming Boone with Michael Elphick okay. I do remember Boone and he had, very well yeah and yeah. he had to grow he was playing this really seedy comic <laughs> and he had to grow this really seedy moustache and he had to he didn't have to, but he, he started talking to me with his hand over his moustache because of the derealisation, de- whatever you call yeah. it. 
whenever he took his hand away, I can remember saying, why is everybody changing everything around me? Why is everything weird? Yeah. Because I thought people were plotting to change yeah. things. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was paranoia. That, yeah, paranoia. paranoia. I didn't which, know yeah. who the... the, the I, I didn't... I never had any feelings of wanting to hurt Matty. It was just sometimes I thought, why is this baby here? I yeah. can remember we had this flat in Arch in, in Highgate and it was like 30 feet long. Mm. And... Um, we had the the sterilizing unit at the top for the thing. And I remember my mum, bless her, she knew what to do. She knew that I needed to keep up the physical contact with the baby to keep that relationship there, even though I felt nothing. Mm. And um, looking up to see that sterilizing thing and the thing, when she said to me, it's time to feed the baby, it would have been easier to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in my head yeah. than just to mm-hmm. walk up to the to the thing. And And that was basically... I want, I want to say to anybody listening who may have just had a baby, who may be suffering, who may be pregnant, many, 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 many women make a complete recovery from postnatal depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I didn't. It opened up a tendency and it's something that I live with 30 years on. Well, and isn't it weird how you, like, I listen, sitting here, obviously I, I wouldn't have a clue about being pregnant and all that. But as you was talking, I started thinking, I wonder if it's got something to do with having a big belly. <laughs> Well, any weird how we always try and think, hold well, on, is there an answer? As soon in as it? you said about yeah. not being pregnant, Miles looked straight at your, at your belly. Oh, belly. Oh. Your and, belly. And, I, and I'm thinking straight away, is any that's weird? It. You're always looking that's for an it, answer. That's the, key. answer. that's the key, the big belly. Oh my so, god. So look, I, I was gonna say, your experience, apart from the childbirth, I'd love to point that out, is scarily, scarily similar to mine. And what really made me go, whoa is yours happened at the I Mine started in April 1989. How weird is that? Yours did. Yes, and that's the reason I remember Hillsborough so, so clearly because it was about a day before Hillsborough that all of this started for me. So you and I, pretty much at exactly, exactly the same the time, same I was time. manifested. That's what made wow, me go, Whoa. that's weird. And I remember just one day just waking up with this foggy, weird, cut-off-from-the-world feeling. Had you had it, any stressful thing that had caused no, it? No, not that given way. birth. I'd given birth. Yeah, yeah. pop now. <laughs> no, I don't think I had. Um, and I remember thinking, something's not right and I can't put my finger on what. Uh, you know that fiend? Yeah. I kept saying yeah. to my mum, I don't feel right and I don't know what it is. Now, sadly, I don't know if your experience was the same, but in 1989, you know, there was very little information oh, about Miles. mental health. I mean, the it reason, was like the dark age. The reason Christ, I started you know. to talk about it yeah. was because when I was poorly... There was nothing. Same what for I, me. Nothing what I would have given no. to turn on the telly or the radio or a podcast if we mm. had them, I wanted to see and hear somebody who said, I had a baby and this is what happened to me and I was so poorly I was hospitalised. But look at me. Ten years later, I've got two children. Yes, I have this illness, but I'm not defined by it. I, no. I needed that so badly and I had nothing. And had I not had my family, there would have been a tragic headline, possibly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not you saying it lucky, ever got to you that. You are lucky to be here. I know that sounds a bit dramatic, no. but you are lucky to be here. Yeah. But, but, but we are, and this is the point. So basically what happened was my mother took me up to the back back to the north mm. and um 
And it was so interesting. I had a wonderful doctor, but I had to tell him about my illness. I had to tell him what mm. to do. I had to tell him, let's look down the hormonal route. And for 20 years, nobody would accept that there possibly could have been a hormonal origin. It's like, but a human baby came out of my foo-foo. Yeah. There is likely to be some kind of chemical chaos, which may have started it in my case, not in all cases. This whole podcast is worth having just for the I, word foo-foo. Was, oh, I was just, just about, about to say. Just, yeah. I, I, I will word. never, ever get that word out of my nut. Whenever I see you on the box, now I'm going to think foo-foo. <laughs> That's what you've done to me. Uh, oh, my Sorry, God. But anyway, so... So basically, I look for all these, you know, I, I look for all these different things. And it's interesting, jumping ahead. But w- what I just said to you, was there, was there a trauma? It was like on this documentary that I had this, well, went to the screening of last night, which is Alistair Campbell's one, which is on May the 21st right. um, on BBC Two. It's really, really worth looking at. He yeah. describes depression manifesting as I feel it. And since Spike Mulligan, I've never actually heard anybody describe it like an, like an episode, uh, you know, sort of coming on. But he, in this documentary, he goes to all these different therapists. He's very open to trying all these different things. Yeah. But everybody is trying to to pin it onto some traumatic childhood incident that happened. Yeah. And it doesn't always, sometimes there will be something yeah. like that. But it, you know, the amount of psychiatrists I, I, I'd say who tried to discuss, you know, did your dad spend too much time bathing you and all these things. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, stop trying to alter my memory. I had a happy childhood. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and do you not think that, you know, it's the word <coughs> depression and anxiety. Like I'm dyslexic. They say dyslexia. But it's such a massive... Such a massive... Massive umbrella. And mm. I've never met... You get people with similarities who suffer from this illness. But I've never met someone, or I wouldn't like to meet someone, with the exact same symptoms. We've all got our own little Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And our ways of trying to get rid of it or trying or to... Trying to just get through it. Get yeah. through it, you know. And I think, like you, I've sat around in 12-step meetings of all types, you know, and stuff like that, trying to... Trying to find a, a message, and I've used all things to try and sedate my that's feelings. That's right. Well, that's why I got into my issues with drinking drugs, of course, with self-medicating. Well, so that you are, and did you to solve it? You know. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say. So, so how long was it after after you were hospitalised? Did, did someone say you're suffering from acute depression and psychosis? Was well, it immediate or was it a long, long? To be time perfectly after? honest, people have asked me that question. They've said, you know, but did you know you were suffering from postnatal depression? I understand with mild depression mm. that. Sometimes in a way, when I've spoken to women two years after they've, when I've given a talk or something, two years after they've had a baby, mild depression can actually sometimes be more dangerous than severe depression because it goes more undetected. With me, my depression was so severe. There was no, there was no doubt that I had severe clinical depression and I just had a baby. So I had postnatal depression. But like you said, Ricky, there's such a massive blanket. I think they prefer to call it postnatal illness now because it manifests in all sorts of different ways. With me, it was depression. I have had periods of massive anxiety, but in the main, mine is depression. And the other thing about it that, that. Um, when I spoke out, uh, when I spoke out about it, people came and said, "Oh my God! Oh my God! I never, I never knew that that would happen." I used to get mine used to be heralded by a metallic taste in my mouth, mm-hmm. and like like as if I'd put a penny in my mouth and a tingling in my palm, mm. and I would know when this happened that within thirty seconds there was an attack coming com- so coming you had on. Real yeah. physical, symptoms. real physical symptoms, yeah. and once my depression was so intense. 
that I thought I had Bell's palsy, you know, when people's oh, face, God, you know. I've stuck a stroke It was the face, absolutely yeah. so intense that my hands, it's difficult when you're not on the telly, isn't it? But when my, ha- my hands locked and my yeah. face twisted, the depression was so thick. And this is what I try to say to people. This, you know, it's, yeah. there are physical symptoms there to this Ill- illness I feel as like well. My, when my depression, apart from the, the It's not being sad. It's about having no emotions, no, no, isn't it? Mm. As well as this Numbness. black goo in my head where I just feel so desperate. I feel like the, the physicality feels like I've got a mixture of the hangover, mm. a hangover and flu. I just feel utterly wretched. Just, I can't you know, so getting bad. out of, you know, when people say, well, you've just got to get out of bed. And it's like, you know, it, my docu- my, my book was called pulling my, pulling myself together for that very reason of people yeah. saying, pull yourself together and snap out of it. You wouldn't say that to someone with any other no, you wouldn't. C- condition Absolutely in the world. Not. And when I've, and I've been in, you know, I've had lots of criticism for saying this before, but there was one time that I actually said, I would rather have cancer. Now that's a very dramatic statement as my own beloved mother died of it. I, We've all been touched by I it. I agree with you. The reason was, Miles, and I'm and, and I'm I, I'm sure you'll share this, is because I felt that A people would have sympathy for yes, me. Yes, absolutely. Even if they hadn't had cancer, they would understand that this is horrific. Yeah. And somebody would say, You're gonna die, or you're probably not gonna die, or we're gonna do this treatment. Or we can help yeah. you. Or we can we help you because is. we know yeah. what it is. We know what it is. It's the desperation of not knowing. And People not understanding. No, I. It took me five, well, five, nearly six years before I actually knew what was wrong with me. Mm. Not one doctor or consultant ever said to me, "Do you think you might be suffering from depression or anxiety?" What no did one. they say that it was then? I, I thought I just they said he was weak. I just thought it was weak, pathetic. No, <laughs> they said that. Um, you want to toughen up, Miles? <laughs> <laughs> Give no, they said. They Snap out of it! Come on. That's where we're all from, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what one doctor said to me? Was they like that round your way, Denise? Give oh, yourself a sloop. Of course they were. Yeah, Run yourself a cold way. bath was one. Sit yeah. in a cold bath. <laughs> all yeah. I got was really cold bollocks. Didn't work. <laughs> uh, uh, the other one was, uh, for, for 18 months, I thought I had ME. Ah, okay. <laughs> because because you can't no, get out of bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no energy. I was low. So those things. But not one doctor said, oh, uh, they said, perhaps you need a holiday. Perhaps you, you're just a bit well, down. Well, like poor people but, who do have ME. I mean, they had yeah, that as yeah. well. Yuppie flu, it was yeah, called, so wasn't I it? I have spent, see, last week, I'm going to open up here, three, last, three days last week, I spent on the city not being able to, from getting up late in the morning, just about making it city, and laying on the city and crying and not being able to face anything. Oh. And and feeling so helpless and so useless and so terrified. The terrified. Fear. Oh, the fear. The fear. The fear. Oh, and where, God. you know, where, where I'm from, I've been a fighter and I come out of a tough area and I'm known as being tough. I promise you. But it's, this is but this is so fantastic that you're talking because yeah. this, as we know, it's got nothing to do nothing with how to tough with you are. It's an it's an illness. To do with that. We have we have, a, we have no control over this illness, just like yeah. we do over getting any other no. kind of yes. physical if condition. Asked, totally if you would have asked me last Wednesday, am I going to be here to never in a million years? And I can't tell you how many jobs. I haven't done, or how many people I haven't gone to meet on these important meetings where I could have got a big part in a film, and I, just because I've been just riddled with can't. this illness. Well, I was—I knew that I put. You know, people said that I was putting my career, when I started to talk about it, when I could just about see the light at the end of the tunnel. The Evening Chronicle, my lovely supportive paper, who always love their own, and from the age of eighteen, when you go to drama school and you get your first part in a play, and they've got you doing a star jump behind a tree, you know, to celebrate yeah. their own 
you're going to drama school, you get your first job. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, they, they heard I'd been poorly and they said, would you talk about it? And I was, I, I was, of course, didn't enter my head not to tell them how, how poorly I was. And the, uh, the woman, woman's own, I think it was, when they used to be a really nice knitting pattern, sort of Roger Moore on the cover sort of magazine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I talked about it. And my, my agent at the time, it was about 108, he sort of said, um, you know, those agents, <laughs> and he said... Um, Oh, darling, no, 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 no. He said, people are thinking you're mad. You really, really mustn't. And I said, Dennis, listen to me. I said, if nothing, I have to talk about this. I said, because I have seen nothing about my illness, mm. nothing wh mm. whatsoever. And as a result of that, it was in the days of um, the time, the place and Robert Kilroy Silk mm -hmm. and all those daytime yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. And they asked me to go on. And I remember people in the industry and I was only kind of, I think I'd done I was done Spender in Biker Grove and those sort of things. Yeah. You know, I had a little bit of a, oh, that's that girl off, but nothing, you know. But yeah. people were telling me that I was absolutely going to put my career in jeopardy. But you know something? I thought, I don't care because I don't want to work for people who wouldn't employ me because I have, because yeah, I'm yeah, living with a, 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 a mental illness. You're lying and trying to cover it you up. You know, and trying to cover it up. So when I get... When I get criticised by certain uh, people and saying that I'm a professional victim and you do things for likes, it's like, I've been talking about this illness when yeah. I had to go to a phone box to do a tele yeah. uh, to, to do an, in, yeah, an, an yeah. interview. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and it's because every time I did, in those days, it would have to be a, a handwritten letter. There was no way of people responding other than that, you know, or to your agent or whatever, to, to say... I've never heard anybody talking talking about it before. I've never heard anybody, you know, somebody wrote to me and said, my wife saw you talking about it on Lorraine. This is when I was in Corrie 20 yeah. years ago, you know, yeah. and, and, no, and, and, and she was feeling like it was the end of her life, but she saw you and she saw that you were working and that you were doing a, a job that you love and you weren't defined by it. And to me, that's why I still speak out about it. Yeah. You have to be a voice for people who don't have one because they yeah. don't. And you speaking out about it, then that's caused well recently we know it's, it's gone on a bit uh, well, you know what what reaction do you how do you feel about when you get someone else in the media who's you know who's who's got a big platform if you like yeah saying it's all nonsense well i've had i've had a i've had a spat before with um with, with, with piers morgan right and you know it's it's funny because six I think six years ago I did um, Piers Morgan's life stories, so I had come out of a very public marriage breakdown. Mm -hmm. I had um, got sober with my now beloved husband Lincoln. We'd both been you know had alcohol issues for completely different reasons when we met. Yeah. My life had been very public. I'd been hacked by um, a paper for seven years who'd put bugs in my hotel room. I mean wow. it was really serious stuff. Oh, and if you yeah, think if they yeah. do that to little old me, what are they doing to the people higher yeah. up in the Biggest yeah. stars you do know, stuff. just j we are recording this, just FYI. No, I do. Okay, I cool. Well, I just thought, yeah. So, six years ago, I did Piers Morgan's Life Stories, and I and I was looking forward to doing it because I kind of wanted a grown-up chat show platform to talk about how my life had changed because I'd taken quite a battering in the press, and some of it was my own fault. Whatever I've done, you know, guys with drink and drugs and all of those things and tabloid photographs and, and whatever. I don't have any excuses, but I have reasons why I got to that point. And my self-medication started to self-medicate my depression because I think any of us who know the blackness, the depth of darkness that you mm. go to, you will do anything to stop that. And if someone says, take that, do that, 
we know what the ultimate end to that yeah. trauma is, but you know. But for a few hours, you'll feel a hell of a lot better. But you'll better. feel yeah. a hell of a lot yeah. better. For even 40 minutes, yes. yeah. you'll feel yeah. a hell so of a lot what, better. Oh my goodness, anything. And you will yeah, do yeah. anything. So that's what, that's what led to all of that. However, I met Lincoln and together our love for each other and we we got sober and it is the best thing that we have ever done, not just for ourselves, but for our family. My son is in a successful band, the 1975. He said to me, Mom, if you hadn't got sober, this band wouldn't exist. Not because the he couldn't. He, he, They're a great he, band, I, yeah. You know, they are a great band, and I'm very proud of them. And obviously, another thing came out my foo-foo, so what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, they yeah. should have been called foo-foo. <laughs> they should, should have been, been called foo-foo. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but anyway, mm. so, um, so that was it. So the point being, the reason I'm doing the Piers thing is because I did Piers Morgan's Life Stories and I went in with a very open mind. Piers Morgan and I had never met each other. We met on set. Although the show was only on telly an hour, we were together three hours. And so you know, you had, did you have any idea the sort of questions or the probing he was going to do? No, I, I was very, okay. I, I'm a very open interviewee yeah. Yeah. and I knew how to deflect if I didn't want to answer something, but I was very keen to to talk about the changes that I'd that I'd made. And when you do daytime stuff, you don't get the opportunity to no. have an in-depth interview. And no. Piers' show was the only one that was going. I was flattered to be asked to do it because it's a high-profile show. Yeah. And Piers was, um, he wasn't GMTV. He was, obviously, he had a reputation as a tabloid editor. Mm. Um, but I went in, as I say, with an open mind, as did he. And we did this interview and... I remember thinking he was incredibly well-researched. He was incredibly courteous. Yeah. He was incredibly kind to the guests that I had with me. And he was incredibly empathetic to my battles with drink and my um, and my mental illness. And I remember afterwards, he, he had a massive Twitter following. He tweeted that he had no preconceived ideas about me, but but uh, but he loved the interview and, and blah, blah, blah. He was basically blah. better than us, wasn't he? You know, he? yeah. He was better than that, us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was much better than you. <laughs> yeah. And well. um, anyway, it was, and that was it. That was absolutely fine. Now, obviously, mm. Piers' profile has grown. He's now got a massive, massive audience on, mm. on, on GMB. Yeah. And I understand that it's about ratings and blah, blah, blah. So there's been many things over the years that I've disagreed with what he said, but I'm not going to ever stop. I don't, I, I fight my own battles. I'm not going to fight other people's, mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean is issues that don't personally affect me. I'm not going to start tweeting people going, oh, I'm no, not that no, kind of, of Twitter yeah, yeah. person. No. But about three, two years ago, Will Young had done Strictly Come Dancing. Mm. Now, I don't know Will Young except to say hello to, so I have yeah. no personal relationship with him. But remember, he pulled out of Strictly. Because of anxiety. Well, he I didn't do. say at the time, but he pulled but out. No one knew. People thought it yeah. was because the judge, the guy had been, um, what do you call the nice older guy? Len had been nasty to him. It's right. like, oh, please. Anyway, yeah. he eventually did this big article for some publication, a very honest article saying that he suffered from PTSD. Right. And I'll tell you what really, really I related to was when he said, and, and to those who don't share our condition, they'll think it's overdramatic. But he said, I considered breaking my own leg to get out of Strictly. Okay. Because oh, I was... Uh. Rather than... <laughs> because they're admitting that he had it. Now, when Did I... So I've got an excuse to break... Oh, isn't that... I sometimes isn't consider it? crashing my car. Yeah. Like, well, genuinely. Yeah. Well, genuinely. The only, yeah. the only yeah. time well, I ever... The only time I ever oh, pulled out of a show goodness. was in 2012. It was a pantomime. I had a breakdown while I was doing it. And on the way, every day, the blackness was so bad, 
I considered crashing my car because then I didn't want to die. It wasn't a suicide thought. It was, I will go to hospital and I won't have to do this play. And then you get the sympathy rather than people say, Then you get the sympathy. Eventually, I I collapsed on my dressing room floor and and, um, I hadn't eaten for two weeks. I hadn't told anybody I'd lost a stone in weight. My my dresser called my then husband, Tim, to come and get me. And you know something? This is a deflection. But the national newspapers... Um, were actually, they just sort of said, oh, Denise Welsh has had to pull out of a show because of illness. It's not any big Mm. deal. But the local paper, I I won't be specific because I'm sure they've all changed hands and stuff, but the local paper said this. Denise Welsh, and I remember, Denise Welsh um, today let thousands of fans who had paid top dollar to see her um, play the Wicked Queen in the pantomime while citing, in inverted commas, nervous exhaustion, whereas Melissa Snodgrass, Melissa Snodgrass battled against her broken wrist and went no, on and saved no. the crowd with her broken wrist. Yeah. And that, that, that has stayed with me oh, that's because that horrendous. is an example mm. of what people think. So when I oh, read this article awful. by Will Young, I absolutely oh. understood what he, what he meant by this. Anyway, the next day after this article came out, somebody, it's normally people... T- showing me what people like Piers have, have, have said. Anyway, mm-hmm. this uh, this thing that Piers had said, it said, um, Will Young has not got PTSD. He has got whiny, needy twerp syndrome. <sighs> <laughs> and Whoa. I... That is funny, though. That is funny, though. What he did was he went on to say that he was bleating on about his mental illness and he should have pulled himself... So I basically, I tweeted to say, what you have done... By what you have done by saying that mm. is that Beryl from Biker, who is just about in a crippling, debilitating depression, talked to someone because she's been embarrassed in inverted commas to talk about it. You've silenced her. Yeah. yeah. Because you are someone who's got six million followers, you've got a massive TV profile, and you're saying and you don't stop struggle, so whining. Yeah. Stop whining. Anyway, what did Piers do? He blocked me. Straight away. And what the Huffington Post then, not because of me, they picked it up and they followed this sort of Twitter thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was absolutely so infuriated by the the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway... Time moves on. I've just I've said it a couple of times because people ask me the question because it became quite a well-known Twitter spat at the at the time. But I was trying to defend the people that I speak for who don't have a voice. Mm. Yeah. So the other day, having not said anything for two years, um, he started uh, with, with his thing on the television and saying that people had to show more. They basically had to toughen up. That if people mm. toughened up more, mm. that those words. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't succumb to mental illness. And I put, I cannot believe that Piers Morgan has actually said this mm. on a, on a television program yeah. Yeah. that yeah. you should toughen up. Yeah. Wasn't it about and teaching mental resilience in schools or something like that? It started off as that, but yeah, basically yeah. it was it was that. But the thing is, teaching mental resilience in schools, Sam, doesn't mean that you are not going to be prone oh, no, to clinical depression. Yeah. And also, look at you. Also, how do you guys, teach that? How do you how teach do, that? How do you teach that? Yeah, and that you know. And the fact I'm is, I'm tough as old boots. If I, but well, I, I can get up one morning, I'm sobbing like a baby. But we are. But, but people don't realise what he doesn't yeah. realise is how tough we are, the four yeah. of us, to be sat yes. round here still and, and alive to- and talking right. about it. How yeah. dare and he? And so, how that, dare you know. he? So basically, I basically said, how dare he? Yeah. The newspapers pick it up and say, oh, Denise has said this and blah blah blah. 
And Piers then, I can't see because he's blocked me, but I see that he's said to the newspapers, the reason I blocked her is because she's making me mentally ill or something. And, and then he said, um, <laughs> what? he said, Denise Welsh is a professional victim. Mm. And he said, we would much rather hear about people who've shown mental resilience rather than listening to celebrities moaning about their myriad woes. Now, I actually nearly burst into tears because I, I have a voice for people who, you, you know, one. you've got people like Stephen Fry and Ruby Wax who have done so much a- awareness for this condition. But my audience, Betty from Baker or Betty from Bolton, mm. can't relate to Ruby and Stephen so much because no. they're Oxbridge educated. Yes. Whereas with me, a Geordie lass from Whitley Bay who sits on a show like Loose Women, they feel that they know me. Yeah. And I- I'm below you. I see what you said, what Piers Morgan said. I don't even understand what he said. When you said <laughs> so I'm yeah. actually below you. You're below you. I you don't know. Even below. You've got another audience. I've got another audience. My, <laughs> my audience is sitting in a shed somewhere. I don't, I don't know where my lot are, but go but on. But basically, yeah. that, is, that is the point, that yeah. I'm not going to, you know, and Piers Morgan said something like, um, it was clearly a dig, and, and it was about... doing it for likes. And that's when I thought, how can dare you say that when I have been talking out about this illness, putting my own... I'm still putting my career on the line. I work for ITV and he's the king of the castle there. So I'm putting my career on the line by talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't know that, that... Kevin or one of the top people at ITV love Piers and, and think, well, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but I, I care enough about the people. And when I saw yesterday what he'd put, and he'd put, um, can we, he said, as it's Mental Health Awareness Week, in brackets, which it, which it is every week these days, he said, he said, can we talk about people who've shown their mental strength instead of all these woe is me celebrities coming out of the woodwork? Now, I looked at my friend's phone last night and looked at the response to his tweet because I thought I was going to write this yeah, article about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I just looked at possibly the first 20. Now, Piers has got a lot of trolley type of, troll type of supporters, you know, who support him. But the, 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 possibly the 20 or 30 tweets that were underneath were people who he had so desperately hurt, people who had lost children to suicide, mm. people who were so astonished that he could say something. Yeah. How can you read those things, guys, and then go on to tweet about Arsenal and, and, yeah. and Alan I Sugar? You know How can I you ignore those? I read through In fairness, and hang I on, spent just... 20 minutes just flicking through and I couldn't find one tweet to back him up. To back him up. Yeah. Yeah, so well, he's yeah. on his own. And, and he doesn't. He but the thing own. is, it's the fact, Miles, that how can he how can he go to sleep knowing? And also, the tweet he put out wasn't in response to anything. It was to torment. Yeah, is, that's what mm. got me. It was a statement it was torment. rather than a reply that's to someone. Isn't yeah. that his? Isn't that his niche though? Well, isn't, yeah. isn't that his Piers Morgan niche? That he, he's sort of a bit of a shock jockey. And but why are we be, celebrating but, no, that? Ricky? Exactly. That's, that's, that's that's the reason I yeah, mentioned about doing the Piers Morgan yeah. show was because yeah. I thought then you are actually, and I believe, a very intelligent man, a very clever journalist. I believe he gives people a tough ride. He tough, tough ride. He challenges people, and you should do that. But I think that now his his narcissistic desire to be popular or relevant is turning him into Katie Hopkins. Mm. You know, yeah. and I think it's a shame because yeah. ultimately I think well, he's you, a good journalist. Well, you, he's accidentally well turning himself into a bully. Yeah, yes. that's exactly it. Into, into a bully so and well bullying as... people who are incredibly strong people. And to yeah. say toughen up My makes wife me said sick. She yeah. heard him see him do an interview with someone, and he just wouldn't let. 
he wouldn't let the woman speak back, and it was just really bullyish. Yeah. I mean, I don't really watch it. He's, he's all right. To me, do you know what he is to me? He's just like one of them gay people who are a little bit smug. I don't, you know, I, I, I probably it don't upsets me. He's no an fact. Arsenal fan, I'll be well, honest. Well, you know, there's <laughs> right. he, he, a bit of smugness. There's a few things I've heard him say that's all right, and he's been, so do great, I. You know, so do I. So you know, but I, I but think, he's he's, in, he's mocking the mentally ill, and that's what really he, is upsetting me. The only thing is, you know, and I know Denise. No one would say that in a million years if they understood it. No, they wouldn't. That's, because that, yeah, they, that's they, that's they wouldn't. Never in a million years. No. So Last I, night. So I was just going to say, yeah. Denise, was there a sense of you that was very angry at what he said? Or were you also disappointed? Because in your head, when you laugh, when after you've been with peers before, the first time it I came was out, so you dis- left thinking he was, I was, so, dis- right I was so disappointed, Miles. And I'm also so upset that, that somebody who has the massive, massive, massive yeah. voice platform, uh, and yeah. platform is is being allowed chooses to choose that yeah. ch- choose it chooses that to, mm. to, and what he'll say is if he's actually pushed into a corner he says I don't mean people who are really mentally ill what do you mean I'm really, really mentally ill so I've been in hospital because of this people? and these so, people who these people are saying on Twitter you know my daughter t- had killed herself two years ago she was the you know I wish you just told her to toughen up Piers do you know what I mean oh. but it's, it's, but it's four anyway. of us it's four of us sitting around this little table. I've definitely thought about topping myself. Definitely, I've got, and I've, and I've definitely sort of got close in my head. I don't know if you have. Mm-hmm. But it's always I been have. a security blanket. Yeah. No, yeah. I have felt like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? in a really so, weird way. Yeah. I know exactly so, what so, you mean. You know what I'm saying is it affects it, that it, you don't have to be. What it is, it's like you know, we use the word alcoholic. You make people imagine. Often people go and go, I'm not an alcoholic, because you imagine alcoholic mm. laying. Well, you laying think an alcoholic gets bench. up in the morning and yeah. drinks, which well, that wasn't the kind of alcoholic I exactly. was. Exactly. So, or someone mental illness is in a padded shell and a, a, a Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. So there's lots of people out there, and, and often, you know, in our game, fr- funny enough, you said it, well, my first day of EastEnders when I was going, I was thinking, oh, because I'm really dyslexic and I was worried about the lions and all that nonsense, and I'm going, how do I get out of this? How do and a woman smashed into my car, like nearly re- row it off. And I was thinking... And, and in real life, not in EastEnders. In, in real life, I'm on my way driving. And this is your first day. This is my very first day. <laughs> but instead of thinking, it's funny enough, it done me a right favour. Because I thought, I've got to get work. I've got to get work. And it was a shit car. <laughs> it was a shit car. How did you know it was a shit car? It was. She smashed into it. And I, I drove to his dinner. The, the, the moat was stinking of petrol. It's probably dr- dangerous to get there. But I thought, I've got to get there. It's my first day. I've got to just get And they went, how did you get here in that? And I said, don't worry. I've just, I just done it. But it just shows you sometimes you think you want an out. And something can happen. It yeah. changes the whole yeah. course of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times have we fought? I mean, I, I've drove to to gigs to do stand up, thinking I can't. I don't even know where I'm. Where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I going? I don't know where. And you get on stage and you somehow you're on autopilot. Oh, Bring the words are just coming. You get out. You do it. You know, you go and do an encore, and you get back. Well, and like, you well, go. What? What have you got to be depressed about? That thing yeah, yes, as well. Yeah, you've what got have everything you got going on in your life. You could have said to you, you've just had a beautiful baby boy, you've got a successful Well, this crib. is what they said and, to and, Tim. Well, there you go. Because what was interesting in Alistair's documentary last night is that Fiona Miller, his his wife, has actually got, got a voice in it and his daughter. Because, of course, we all know how it affects the people that we love yeah. as well, how hard it is to, yes. live, to live with us when we're down oh, to, oh, to yeah, know 
really to do. You know, I mean, Lincoln, he, he openly admits that he said, you know, I honestly, Denise, he said, had I not... Was I, if I wasn't with you and I hadn't witnessed your episodes and learned so much about the condition, he said, I think I would have been someone who went, well, what's she got to be depressed about? He yeah, said, because I didn't, I didn't no, know anybody. Can I, can I ask you a question? I mean, we always ask, I've, yeah. I've asked guests this before. So since uh, you became ill after the birth of your son, what is the longest spell you've had without any symptoms? Right, okay. I think um, possibly possibly this stint. That, so it must have been... Three, two or three months ago, mm-hmm. I had a week. Yeah. Prior to that, it was a year gone January. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting, this is just for people who don't understand our condition. I was sitting on a beach in Grenada in the Caribbean mm-hmm. with my beloved husband, having a fabulous holiday with the palm trees and the waves lapping at my feet. Eating what have you an got apple to be pie. depressed about? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I was in the middle of an apple pie um, and I felt... The colour start mm. to go. Lincoln oh. said, are you all right? And I went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he said, you're not, are you? And I said, no, no because I bet yeah. they've all your people, they see it in our eyes. Yeah. Oh. There's a deadness that comes. And my, it's funny, you know, because my beloved mother who died um, seven, year, seven years ago, she would watch Loose Women. Mm-hmm. And when, when I was much more, you know, on it. Yeah. And, um, and I and I would be on the panel, or I would be anchoring, which I uh, which I did sometimes. And I would be saying, "And ladies and gentlemen, and next on the show, we've got Ricky, who's coming on to talk about his mm. car crash that he had in EastEnders." And <laughs> da, 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 da. ladies and gentlemen, Ricky, <laughs> and I, and all this ha 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 ha. And I'd go to I'd the dressing room. I set that up right, and then I, I thought I was oh on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd go upstairs, pick up my phone. And there'd be a message from my mum going, you're not well, are you? She knew in she my knows. eyes, even yeah. though oh, here yeah, I'm God. going. And I, always, and I used knows. to do this yeah. if I wasn't well, because in those days, again, yeah. I didn't used to think no. that. And I used to have, you know, the you know the plug. We used to have a plug to plug our radio mics okay. into here. Yeah, yeah. And I always used to have to make sure yeah. that it was exactly where I could, that there was no twist in it because I might just have to run off with my depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Ooh. never did, but I had to just Add make sure. Security. It's yeah. like on stage, I have to just make sure because I think, I think, um, do you know, it's really funny. Jimmy Nail and I had a very, very love-hate relationship during Spender. Mm. But there was one time years and years and years ago, Tim was in Australia doing a series and and I was doing a play at Newcastle Theatre Royal. I can't even remember what it was mm. now. And I was very, very poorly. Mm. And I was sat in the conservatory in our house. And I knew I only had about an hour before I had to leave the house. And I just thought, I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't. I can't. Mm. And by coincidence, Jimmy Nail popped by. Not somebody you'd think was going to be the person to change how you feel. Yeah. And he came in and he was incredibly empathetic. Because <laughs> he could Excuse be me. a nightmare. Bless yeah. you. He could be a nightmare. But he was incredibly, you know, and he said... And I said, I'm just really bad, Jimmy. I'm really, really bad. And he said to me, right, he said, what's the worst that could happen, right? He said, you got on, you kind of did because you feel like shit, right? (laughs) You drop your props, you run off, and so what? The Evening Chronicle says... Denise runs off the stage and guns him. (laughs) So true. Although it was so ridiculous. Yeah. It was something that I took there with me. Very good. It's not the end, you know. Yeah, I it's not can, the end of the world. You know, Stephen Fry yeah. did it, and I've never done it. No. But it's, it just was such a simplistic way of thinking, yeah. nobody actually will die, and you just need those yeah. little get We catastrophize so yeah. much, Absolutely. don't we? Yeah. We really do. So, 
I've always wanted to go somewhere. I've been to all these sort of ocus pocus backstreet therapists, doctors, but I've always wanted to turn, you know, acupuncture and kinesiology and this and that, all sorts of stuff going on, trying to find the answer. Well, someone to say, look, what it is, this is a really rare thing you've got. You know, uh, somewhere in the Congo jungle. I've yeah. only ever seen one other person yeah. with this. Not exactly the same as you, but I'm going to twist your neck and you're going to be fine. Twist. Oh, lovely. I feel brand new. Yeah. I want the answer. And I found there is, I'm never going to find that There's person. There's no answer. And watching that doco last night, there, there is no answer. No. And nobody knows the answer. The top psychologists don't know the answer. And I think that once, I think that once, you know, we all said that, that you, you have a really bad episode of anxiety or depression and you come through it and you think, somehow you think that's it, I'm cured, I'm never going to yeah. have it again. I think that once I started to realise that this was a lifelong condition that I wasn't going to be defined by, I was going to talk openly about, but I was going to have to live with, just like some people have to live with diabetes mm. and some people have to live with ME, mm. we have to live I've got with clinical well. depression. You've you know, got that as well. I've got diabetes you as well. You have to learn, you have, mm. you've got diabetes as well. Yeah. You have to learn... To, to adapt and to get through yeah. the times as best that yeah, we can. Absolutely. And what is amazing for us four sat here is that we've got each other to talk about this. Imagine 30 years ago, nobody was nobody no. was talking. No guys were talking no, about it because no, you guys were all conditioned to, to be the toughest. Yeah, oh, my totally. God, absolutely. Oh, where I, I mean, where I'm from, it, it, I, it, I think nobody just attacked you before you finished <laughs> saying it. You know what I mean? They'd look at you like you was insane if you said... If you say, oh, I don't feel all right, it's like, put your shoulders back, give yourself your a solution, sh- get out, get out there and get, no, what's wrong with you? You need a good day's work. That's oh what I sort you out. Oh all of that and, and all of them things, you know, and what you said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how tough you think you are on the outside and all that. I think all of us underneath, we're that little child. We've got that inner child and we're just, we all feel like... I just feel so sorry for the people who don't have, you know, these people that I... That, you know, that I do the messages they send me and I'm sure you guys on, on, on Twitter and stuff and the fact that they're looking to someone that they vaguely know off television mm. or off this yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to speak for them because they, mm. have, they have absolutely nobody and you can understand the tragic yeah. headlines. If, mm, yeah. The other thing as well is if you are in the middle of a black depression and you don't have anybody to say you will get better, of course you're going to take the way out because you mm. can't imagine going on in life. No. With that, I think with, there's with no that, end to this. That's but it, there's the thing no way is, I can I live like I know now that mine will lift and I call it, I, I say an uninvited guest comes to my house, he is unwelcome, but I know that that uninvited guest will leave. I just have to tolerate him yeah. and get through while he's yeah. there, but I know Eventually that he will leave. Eventually he will piss off. I, I get that. Why is he a he though? I think it's very sexist. <laughs> it is very sexist. <laughs> It is. It's, it's, actually, you're right. It's very sexist. Do you know what? I'm going to quickly say, you were saying about the inner child thing, and I know we've got some questions. We had some questions online. Very quickly ask you, but I was going oh, to yeah, say, please. and I brought this up before, and I spent years and years and years trying to explain to someone how I felt in a very, very succinct way when I get really terrible depression and anxiety. And the best way I can describe it is, do you remember when you were a small kid and you lost your mum and dad yes. in the department store? Yeah. That's how it feels as yeah, an adult absolutely. To me. You feel absolutely terrified. Terrified and, and lost. And you feel like the world is closing in on you. It, it's the most isolating a, condition. Is I knew where awful. my ones was. They were shoplifting. <laughs> <laughs> All I had to do is wait by the front door. You, yeah, you were the, you were the, you were the, um, you were the alibi. Yeah, you? Do you know what Matty said? I remember losing Matty in a shop when he was three. 
And uh, in the distance, I saw this shopkeeper with him in his arms. And she, she pointed at me and came over and she yeah. said, I knew it was you because you should, your son said, there she is, the one with the yellow and black hair. <laughs> 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 uh, um, so, so are we all? Are we all right? So, so I, I'm not taking any medication at the moment. I was on medication, but what I'm doing now is I'm trying to fix myself. I tried this a little while ago, and it was working. I'm trying to do a ketone diet to try and lift my mood. Right. That's how desperate I am. I'm trying to, I, I'm looking at, I'm going back to basic and looking at what foods, what foods uh-huh. do to me. And because you become so hypersensitive with so much to talk about, Denise. We have. And I, this I, is not I, I, long I, enough, This ain't no, been long enough. We need to get you on again if you if you possibly can. Because we've got so much to talk about and to get. But I, I'm I'll just tr- be I'm the work- only guest forever. Yeah. <laughs> Part, permanent, permanent part of it. Yeah. We don't need every it. Week. It's just us. We'll get you in every week. To, to be, be honest, we're we one. So you can do it on your own. We only yeah. got a recorder. <laughs> and, I, and I broke in here. <laughs> we're sitting in, actually, for the first time. Val's terrified. He's shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> we're in, him up. We've gaffed taped him, stuck him in the We're in Val's office oh up the God. West End. They won a, won a BAFTA last night in Phil Clark's office. But, um... So, uh, so it's worked out good for me. So, what I'm saying is, I, I, I'm here. I'm sitting on the set with the, with the four of us, and I'm not on any antidepressants. Uh, like, do, do you do you are you all on still on stuff? mine? Yes. Yeah, still on mine. Yeah, I'm still, still on mine. And so I'm, I'm still on mine because at the moment. Hmm. I feel normal. It's not. It's not making me feel like I'm a. F- it's not having an effect as such. But I just. I don't. I remember. I always remember. My mum used to say, every time I used to feel well, I would come off them. And my mum would say, if you had bronchitis, you wouldn't just come off your tablets. If no, you, you had diabetes, you, yeah. you have to. Do the dose, I consider you? Yeah. it. It's like my insulin. Mm. That's how I feel with this. Even though it makes me the sweatiest woman in the history of sweaty women. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, maybe that's why I've been so, sweating so it much. Is, it's Jesus. It's antidepressants. Yeah. I sweat loads. It's antidepressants, and that's that's what okay, it is. Yeah, that, that is a that is a real oh, side. That can yeah. be a real side effect. I didn't know that. No, oh, and yeah. I didn't well, know that until, until it is. But unfortunately, I think we're just going to have to be yeah, really I'm, disgusting and sweaty, aren't we? You got to get on the ketone diet. You don't sweat at all. I don't know what it does. <laughs> and no, normally I, I'm dripping. I think quick. It, yeah, go on. I was going to say, quick Have we got question. some questions? Okay, so very quick question. I'll just very, very quickly. How are we all feeling right at this moment? Ricky, right now, if you had to say how you I'm felt. F- I'm, feeling, I'm feeling ketonal. Yeah. You feel good. Do you, you know what? I'm going to say this. Denise has really cheered me up. Just well, to meet you, 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 just to meet you, and here's some someone who knows about it, and someone with such passion, and someone who sticks up for yeah. us, and yeah, someone I who's agree. getting well, out I, there. You've I, really cheered me thank up. Thank you, and yeah. I feel the same. I feel. Do you know what I feel? Miles, I feel normal, and that's all I ever want to feel. I feel the ability to feel happy, which I do right now because yeah. you guys have lifted me. But if something sad happened, it's having the ability to be in control of my emotions, and that's Absolutely. all I ever want. Yeah. And you're feeling okay at the moment, Sam? You We're just both disgustingly good. sweating. Yeah, I'm just very hot and sweaty. I'm glad I'm glad I'm not over that side. Oh, they look like they're in a boat. It's disgusting. <laughs> look at them. Oh, it's disgusting. Look at Someone's cooking at it. It is disgusting. Oh, I am so glad that I found oh, you. Oh, like, how attractive are you? Oh, Sam, it's like, looking at, it's like looking at two shy horses. 
Don't wear grey, mate. That's the I worst thing to I know. do. I know. <laughs> let's wrap. Let's wrap this show up before we get to the ground. Look, we we, we have a, we had a few questions, but maybe why don't we say send send more in. Um, and we'll get you on again, and we can do more. Uh, like you know, half, half, yeah. yeah we'll just just, just wrap it up with one question for dinner. Just give one question that come through. Okay, and that's it. Um, right, I'm just gonna pick one at random. Uh, Who does your hair? <laughs> <laughs> All the questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nothing uh, about oh, foo foo. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick yeah. a, uh, a quick, quick one. Let's go right, for. Okay, so. Anna Morris says, what helps your head when you feel down? What helps my head? Yeah. Well, as I say, it's, you know, if I just feel, you know, there's a big difference, isn't there? To just feeling down and feeling depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, if I feel down, I like to watch the shittest television programmes like 90 Day Fiancé. Nice. And nice. I am the absolute shit reality telly. show. Nice. Shit, shit, shit telly. Shit telly's shit telly. Shit telly. Shit telly's nice. I like, do you know what? And that shit is my meditation. Nice. And I, I'll take the flag for it. Yeah. I lie on what Lincoln calls my sloth because I yeah. look like Neil the Sloth off that DFS <laughs> advert. And I love to watch my rubbish television. If I'm depressed clinically, I can't do anything. So mm. as much as possible, I try I try not to let people down. So if I, if I I have to work. I will try and get mm. through it. But what my husband does, which is brilliant, is he tries to reduce anything around me as much as possible. So if I can go to bed, stay in bed, because I don't want to talk to anybody. If yeah, my phone I rings, I jump with an with anxiety. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. We know that, we know yes. that one. There we go. How yeah. about your speech? Does it actually get a bit slurry? Yes, it does. It yeah, gets very, me it gets too, very yeah. slurry. And my I can't eyes are dead. I can't, I can't think. Or, and do, you yeah. know, do you know what I sometimes know when something's coming is I start to project. So things like the normal me that, that, that was happening the next day, I just go, oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah. sort that out. I start going, right, so um, in a year's time, when uh, what, what if this happens? What if, yeah, what if yeah. Lincoln doesn't, you know, yeah. and I can feel a projection coming in Lincoln and, and, and I start getting obsessed with clutter. I am the untidiest person in the world. Oh, but suddenly too. I can't deal with all the clutter. And yeah, I'm the same. I, I get fastidious I get at home, forensically oh, tidy. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. you see? So, so what do I do when I'm down? As I say, if I'm just... If I'm just in a look, like normal people would get fed up, yeah. I love my reality telly. But if I'm depressed, I just, you know what it is? I wrote a letter to my 16-year-old self for, for a lovely magazine called Happiful, which is a well-being magazine. It's really good. And it was basically, I said, what I would say to my younger, I would be kinder to myself during my illness. Yeah. I used to put yeah. too be much pressure on yourself, me. I would no. be kinder to myself. Yeah. Right, so Denise has got to get a cab. She's fitted us in. You, you, she's done a million things today, haven't you? have been here, there and everywhere. Yeah, you started off at Venice, I, didn't you? I started, yeah. I flew in from Venice. Yeah, yeah. Started from London. Should you have you got to be the first about? We're about number seven on the list but she got here first and we're over, the, we're over the moon I'm going to go home and look at what try and look up what Vesidious means and uh, and myriad they, woes and yeah and, <laughs> and what well, I'll tell you what, though, I know what foo foo means. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I need to know. It's been fantastic. Oh, thank you, Denise. So God bless you for coming on. What and, great and, fun. And thank we'll you. Hopefully, come back very, very soon. Love very you. Soon. God bless you. Bye, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye.